Some movies are highbrow, some movies are lowbrow. Welcome to Highbrow Lowbrow. I'm Josh Kirschenbaum. I'm Cooper Gagan. And this week we're doing something a little different. Uh, if you're new to the show, mostly we talk about movies, one highbrow, one lowbrow. They're about the same theme. We compare and contrast. So we pretty focused on that. This week we're going to try and do something a little bit a little looser, a little more casual, kind of just talk about the things of the day. Yeah, we kind of uh, realized that we need a little break in between watching two movies every week. It's a little, been a little bit of a breakneck pace. And now that we have a couple in the bank, we're going to have these kind of interstitial episodes where we kind of talk about entertainment news and things that are going on and any topics we're interested in. Yeah, and we're, and we're hoping this will actually let us to, uh, you know, get to some topics that would be fun to talk about but aren't going to necessarily come up on, you know, just well, the kind of movies we can talk about on the show. Uh, we can talk about things that are going on in, like you said, in the media, in, in film, TV, uh, games, music, in the world right now, and, uh, you know, we'll give it a shot. And yeah, we have yet to come up with a name for it. Right. Cause maybe maybe no brow. No no brow, browless. Yeah. Middle brow. Middle brow I mean, it's not really middle brow. No, we could talk not. about middle brow. That's the debate episode. Yeah, it really just has no brow. It's, it's got alopecia. It's it's the <laughs> it's the hole where there was once a brow. Uh, so, uh, well, let's go ahead and dive right into it. I think it'll be fun. Um, the big thing we want to talk about this week is the long in development, finally released Uncharted movie. Which we both saw in theaters last night in, in IMAX. IMAX. It was uh, it was big. I I will never get used to when the uh, screen flips to IMAX. Oh, like partway through the movie, and then it yeah. goes like back tiny again. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's. I mean, it is fun. It's a intre- It's a weird kind of like spoiler thing because you're like, ooh, something big's gonna happen. happen. Like this is crazy enough. They got the big camera for it. <laughs> Apparently, just like filming with IMAX is just so hard. Like the cameras it's like are like a physically s- large camera, right? Right. It's like it's hard to do the. It is not mobile enough to do the things you wanted to. Like things like that. It's just too dang big yeah are there any movies that are 100 percent in imax i'm not sure i remember as now a, it's just like scenes are right i remember as a kid uh there were movies that were like specifically made for IMAX. it was like you know michael jordan in imax you right know, uh, uh we could Everett have easily looked I, this up beforehand i know but that's the fun we're going off the cuff yeah um, but it, look, it was it was a fun time. It was good to get back to the movies. Yeah, and I think the big story is Uncharted. It's shocking, doing crazy well. It it went over expected. It's made I think fifty one million dollars over the weekend, which is for these days yeah. is quite good. And I will say I didn't love it. I didn't hate it. No, but I think it's maybe one of the better video game movies I've right. seen. I guess we can talk about just the curse of the video, video game movie. Movies. My semi-hot take is that there has never to date been a good video game movie. There's certainly never been like an out and out like, uh, you're, you're goddamn right. That was such a great time. You know, there's no movie that is universally beloved and is a video game movie. Yeah, there isn't one that's kind of united the kind of, you know, video game nerds and the film people. Right. I mean, look, I mean, I think Detective Pikachu is, is a lot of fun just because I like Pokemon. Yeah. Um, there's people who really like the Sonic movies as just like out of like a dumb yeah. kids movie, people, but like, yeah. it is what it is. People like Silent Hill. Right. There's, that really has its defenders, but I have but not seen it. That's also kind of weird in like the horror genre, which is like it's so the horror thing. people are doing their thing. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and Uncharted, I, I wouldn't say it breaks that curse. I think it's fun. I think especially the last act when they're getting into the crazy action set pieces. Uh, is a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, I think the jokes aren't great. Yeah. Well, so the big thing, look, I've only played the Uncharted games once or twice. I, I watched the friends. supercut of all the jokes from Uncharted because I was like, maybe the game's funny. And uh, spoiler alert, it's not that funny. They're not that well written. Look, the thing, it's very, it's it's like a swashbuckler basically. You know, it's like yeah. like pirates, like romancing the stone, like Indiana Jones. I, mean, the, it, I think the whole pitch of Uncharted is that Indiana Jones is the game, right? But with more shooting because right. it's the game. Yeah. And uh, and 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 it. 
you know, look, the movie's fun. I think it's really, it does not have that sort of mo- every moment is fun and jokey and great banter. That's something like Indiana Jones. Well, has. I think that's specifically the whole point of Indiana Jones was that I think it was George Lucas specifically trying to tie together all of his favorite parts of action movies. Or right. Not action, but like, like adven- action adventure movies. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I, I wouldn't say Uncharted like is an out and out success in that. I guess I think it's a good movie. Oh. I, I enjoy it. I'm, I'm I'm happy I went to the theaters and I saw it. And and more than anything sure. else, I'm happy people are going to the theaters for something that's not Spider Man. And again, I like the Spider Man movie, but like, I want theaters to exist not just for Marvel movies, right? And Uncharted is not really the best vehicle for that, but because <laughs> because it starts Spider Man, it's kind yeah. of the same thing. Uh, I will also say that Uncharted, while I didn't find it to be great, it was never boring to me. I was never bored in it, and that happens yeah. to me. In a lot of sometimes the Marvel movies, sometimes other stuff where it's like there's a lot of stuff happening, but I'm not I'm like actively kind of bored in the theater. Yeah. And this one was like, I don't know, I was on board. I just thought it wasn't totally successful. Yeah. And it suffers from some uh, the horrible casting. Yeah. So especially I I did. This is a cursory look online. It seems like the fans like that. Tom Holland is not very much like uh, Nathan Drake, the character who is. Who's a bit, I mean, who's a bit physically larger. More of a man. More strapping. Yeah. Whereas Tom Holland's persona is a lot more, uh, like, it's, it's Peter, Peter Parker. Parker. Yeah, yeah. He's, yeah. He's a perfect Peter Parker. He's great. Picked a peck of pickled peppers. <laughs> I, think I've, I think that's the second time I've made that joke, but it just flows off the tongue every time I That'll say it. That'll be funny it. one day. Yeah. <laughs> Keep on uh, hacking at it. That's how comedy works, right? It's just yeah. per- perseverance. And then certainly, Martin, certainly yeah. that's what uh, Family Guy does. Anyway. Right. <laughs> Uh, and then Marky Mark as uh, this other character who yeah. I think in the in the game a little bit older, a little yeah, bit kind surlier. of silver fox type. Yeah, which Marky Mark is Marky Mark's playing Marky Mark. He's and, old, but he's old pretending to be young. Right. Yes, <laughs> he's, he's doing the Tom Cruise. He is, like, let's be clear, Marky Mark is old as dirt. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's, he's like in his early fifties, I think. Maybe I don't know. I mean, he's like Tom Cruise, where he just ref- he refuses to, to not admit not admit that he's like thirty. Like, sorry, he refuses to not pretend he's thirty five. Right. It's like all their contemporaries, you know, like Brad Pitt is playing old people or middle aged roles now. Yeah. Or, Famously or, played a very old man in Benjamin Button. Right, and and a very young man in Benjamin Button. <laughs> yeah, and a baby, <laughs> and a baby, <laughs> and sort of a whole mix of anyway. Uh, but, but you know, like in, in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, the, yeah, the whole thing is that he's getting older. Right. It's a movie about. Brad Pitt getting older, like kind yeah. of. Whereas, uh, you know, Tom Cruise is very much like I'm still going to be the action star, and Marky Mark very much Mark Wahlberg, to be clear. <laughs> <laughs> the very, Funky Bunch does not make an appearance. Oh no, they might. I don't know who they are. They might be in this movie. Um, but you know, he's he's always playing younger action stars, and that's kind of action characters what he wants to do. Yeah, and it seems like from what I can tell mine that they are the fact that they're kind of in their personas and not doing the characters has been a point of contention for some fans. Yeah. Obviously not as, as someone who's not a fan of the, or just hasn't played the games. I didn't bump on it, but it definitely seems like maybe there's something that was supposed to be well, on that we didn't see. Yeah. I mean, I feel like if you are a fan of the game, you want the character to appear and not just Mark Wahlberg and a literal child. Yep. But, uh, <laughs> He's twenty five. I I know it's, yeah. it's funny, but it is. I, he's not. He, he's he just reads as younger. I guess also because he plays a teenager in in, in, in Spider Man. But also he is by pairing him with Mark Wahlberg, who's constantly treating him like he is like he's a child. Yeah, you're. Ne- they're never. The movie's never making the sell that you're supposed to see him as big, strapping, grown Nathan Drake. They want you to think of him as kind of goofy young adults. You know. Uh, oh, I'm so sorry. I just hit you, Tom Holland. Yeah. Which is. You know, which is his zone, and I'm not. Yeah, and he's likable. I mean, yeah, it's fine. He's it's yeah. whatever. It's a it's a movie. I mean, like I said, look, I'm happy people are going back to the movies. Um, I think obviously this is still a big budget IP, but the fact that it's 
you know, the fact that people went out to see something that did not have a huge built-in fan base, I, I hope that it will eventually trickle down to like people seeing, uh, um, like better movies. I don't know. Like, yeah. like uh, there's a big thing. We'll get to this in a minute about the Oscars and mm-hmm. this, the Oscars have a very low uh, box office total in general. Yeah. But I think in another year where there wasn't the Omicron surge going on stuff. I mean, I think West Side Story would have been a little more of a hit. I think Belfast probably would have found an audience. Yeah. Stuff like Coda maybe could have caught also, on a little bit. I feel like maybe specifically the people who are into those kind of movies are also ones who are more conscientious about not going to theaters. Right. And I'm hope I'm hopeful that like if there's a year of where people are seeing like Uncharted, like that sends the message that like, okay, you can go back to the theater now. Uh, yeah. Which again, if you're someone who is being cautious, <laughs> doesn't want to do that. Didn't Tenet already do that for us, Josh? <laughs> wasn't Tenet the movie that proved to us that theaters were back? <laughs> oh Just yeah, right kidding, in 2020. <laughs> yeah, didn't yeah didn't Tenet already end COVID? <laughs> it did. If you're going backwards, <laughs> God damn it, does that work? It, that doesn't no. work. Uh, Maybe. But on the subject of other movies, uh, Dog, Dog, the movie where Channing Tatum directed, uh, where he's like a soldier who is on a road trip with a dog. Yeah. Also, tiny little hit, eighteen million for the weekend. I think maybe oh, nice. might get rounded up a little higher. You haven't, you haven't seen Dog, right? I, I have not seen, seen it. Dog because no. I want. I, that's a movie I desperately want to be good, but I have a sneaking suspicion it might not be good. I've heard it's very Channing Tatum. I love Channing. Like Tatum, he's though. a big old puppy dog of a man and um, the, and with a literal little dog, dog. <laughs> with a literal puppy dog of a dog. Yeah, and it's caught on. And not, I mean, look, 20, eighteen million is not a ton, but it's a it's a low budget movie. It's not like a big budget action thing for a weird little like comedy about a man and a dog. Is it a comedy? Uh, it I, seems kind of serious from the trailer. Oh, yeah. I think it has a very, like, um, um, like it's a lot of bits of him and the dog. Yeah, yeah, I think true. it probably will end up... I mean, look, it's a movie about a dog. How many movies about dogs do not make you cry in the end? I mean, John Wick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, John Wick. <laughs> and, uh, and like, maybe a boy and his dog, which is not a movie Bolt. I've seen. Bolt. <laughs> Bolt is emotional at the end, if I remember correctly. Okay, I guess most movies have an emotional ending. Yes. <laughs> most movies should make you cry. Yeah. Uh, but it's a good sign that something like Dog is catching on. Because like I yeah. said, I want there to be movies that can break into the space just by virtue of being interesting and being or, yeah. or just being not a well, superhero. And, yeah, there is like the weird thing of like both. I mean, it's kind of theaters were heading that way in general, but also yeah, but, COVID has kind of exacerbated it that yeah. only these mega movies can really succeed in theaters. Yeah. Like you have to just have $300 million behind a movie for it to work break in even. theaters. Yeah. yeah. And you want to have movies that you can make for 10, 20 million and can make like you know a, a, a tight little profit because like sometimes those movies are more interesting and you know yeah. like some movies don't need three hundred million dollars. Yeah. Actually, that kind of reminds me of, me of one of our that kind of reminds me of one of our other topics, which is like release strategies right. brought on by Kanye's <laughs> little STEM player. <laughs> um, I don't, anything else? I don't know. Oh, one other thing I want to get to that dog before we move on to one of the other ones. Right. I know that was a good segue, but I don't want to lose dog. Yeah, that's fine. Um, uh, I was just thinking about this that there's like movies that just like have a red state feel to them tend to be very successful yes and there's not those people will go to theaters i guess more. right but it's usually i think it's just sort of like if you signal that it's for the, like dog is very much he's a soldier yeah. he's going around in the country like it could be a clint eastwood movie in another world right and it's not even that it, i don't i don't think the politics of it are notably conservative but yeah. i do think that it's very much just like it's a movie that it doesn't take place in new york or la is all i'm saying and yeah I, I, I mean also i guess movies about soldiers in general yeah, and, I don't know. It's it's tough because I haven't seen Dog, but right. Yeah, we never seen. It. I just I just think it's just, like I mean, Yellowstone is a massive hit just because they wear cowboy hats. It's just succession yeah. with cowboy hats, and it's I mean that sounds huge. great. Yeah, maybe maybe I should watch Yellowstone. Maybe I love it. I've heard it's actually really good. Yeah, because I like cowboys and, and I like succession. Yeah, yeah. Um, I I guess the only point I'm trying to make is that it's I think Hollywood and the film industry would probably 
do a good job to maybe not set everything in New York or LA and try and just put on yeah. just the clothing of like the rest of the country occasionally. Cause I think there's like an untapped market. Yeah, there. for sure. And it's like, I mean, also I guess it's funny because I, I'm a weird audience for it, but it's, I love movies about people in the entertainment industry and TV shows about people in the entertainment industry, but other people don't care about that as much as I do. Yeah. I and mean, it's kind of the snake kind of eats its own tail. How's there's also like, there's so many movies about writers and yeah. there's so many movies about comedians. Yeah. And you should write what you know, and that doesn't mean they're all bad, but like, I, if I see another movie or a TV show that's a love letter to New York, I'm going to fucking punch someone in the face because New York has that's been... That's the true lo- love letter to New York. <laughs> well, New York has been love-bombed at this point. Like, yeah. you can... I, I, I was Not to shit on the show because I think it's a very good show, but Love Life, I was watching it on oh, HBO yeah. Max. Uh, um, really good show. I liked it a lot. Like, really interesting. But it was also, like, all in set in New York, and I was just thinking, like, man... People love in Cleveland. Yeah, people in Cleveland, people in, like, Raleigh. Like, I don't know. I don't know if they love in Raleigh. <laughs> like, like there's other cities in, in the U.S., and I think, like, it's a... A lot of good shows do a good job of, like, making... Like, I mean, how good is Breaking Bad in Albuquerque? Like, yeah, That was originally sure. going to be, like, California, and the fact that it's Albuquerque is so much more interesting. Yeah, because it's specific. Yeah. But it's weird, because California... Well, the funny thing is, I, I kind of had this feeling about... So there's there's like underrepresented even, like, neighborhoods in L.A. Yeah. Because I... Although now it's kind of gotten overrepresented, but... Mm-hmm. Uh, like Silver, there was a point where you never saw a show in Silver Lake, and that was one thing I liked about You're the Worst, where it's right. like specifically about Silver Lake, which is like the a specific neighborhood in LA. It's not yeah. just all of LA, or like New Girl is set in downtown. Yeah. And it's interesting to see downtown because you don't normally see that in movies a lot. Yeah. Usually stuff is on the west side, I guess. Yeah, pretty much. Um, but but and, and that is true of America as well. Like, <laughs> right. I, I, it, it's, I mean, look, it's like a very minor thing because I, I, people, you know, writers should write what they want to, but I do think there is something to be said for just changing up where you're setting the movie, where you're going. Like, not everything... There's lots of stories to tell about New York. There's lots of stories to tell about L.A., but, like, maybe just see what's going on in Des Moines. Yeah. There's people in Des Moines. There's probably a lot of people in Des Moines. (laughs) I don't know if there's a lot of people in Des Moines. (laughs) But they got TVs, don't they? No, and they they have lives. They have lives. No, I just just don't don't know if the population of Des Moines is very big. (laughs) Do you want me to look it up? Want to do a bit? Yeah. Okay, hold on. I'm going to look up the population of Des Moines. We're getting real loose in this episode. Just me, I was Googling <laughs> stuff and um, then choosing not to Google other stuff we talk about at length. How many people do you think uh, live in Des Moines? I don't have a reference point for this. <laughs> Six. Six? I think I'm wrong. Uh, 215,000. Okay. That's not a ton. That's not a ton. It's not, it's not small. It's I mean, city. more people than I know. It's true. I don't know, I don't know 215,000 people. Uh, I'd be so exhausted. I don't even know of 215,000 people. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> Uh, I don't know. Like I said, it's just the red state of it all that, like, you know, set more shit in the country. People will watch it. It does. You don't even have to like, you don't even have to like change the policy. You can still make progressive and like, like, liberal minded shows. But if you put on a cowboy hat, the cowboy hat, people will watch it. Yeah. Uh, do you have anything else to say about that? No. Okay. Let's talk about the Oscars. Or do you want to do, actually, you want to do really strategies? We're kind of on that. Yeah, sure. Okay. So I, we were just thinking about it because Kanye is now he's going to release Donda 2, the follow up to Donda 1. Right. Which is an album, by the way. Yeah, it's an album. <laughs> Not his mother. He's going to put his mother's soul inside of this iPod. It looks like, have you ever seen Existence? I have not. Okay, it's like it's Cronenbergy, like it's a movie. Yeah, it's like where it's it's a movie about like people who go into like kind of a Matrix type world ish. I haven't seen it in a long time, but yeah. it's got the Cronenbergy feel where everything looks like it's alive. Right. Um. That it looks like Kanye made the iPod from Existence because it's just like this like 
little circle. It kind of looks like a silver dollar. It's like fleshy. So to be clear, he made a piece of hardware, mm-hmm. and now he's saying the only way you can listen to his new album is if you buy this like object, this little iPod thingy. Yeah, it's a it's yeah, it's a two hundred dollar Kanye iPod. Okay. Although the kind of interesting thing about the stem is that so it's called the stem because you can isolate different like you know what the stems are in a right. song. The stem is just like a section of a song that you can take out and chop up and put into other like remixes and stuff. Yeah, basically. it's like it's like the different tracks from from recording. Yeah. So the idea is that the stem kind of um you can turn up and down the levels on different parts of the song. So you mm-hmm. can like take out the vocals, you can like increase the uh increase the like the speed of the song. Like you can kind of like fuck around and remix the song live a little bit. Yeah. So it's like interesting as like a kind of just like a thought like an experimental piece of hardware. It's, yeah. I don't think it's I don't think anybody really plans on this thing taking over the world, but it's no. interesting that it exists. Yeah. And and it's I mean, look, I think it's a bad, it's a dumb release strategy. And it's probably oh, coming yeah. out of Kanye's It's like the Wu-Tang Gold album. Right. The one that, yeah. The, <laughs> the one that Martin Screlly bought. Right, right. Wu-Tang bought, made one copy of an, of their album, like a physical copy, and <laughs> auctioned off to the highest bidder. And, and the, the highest farmer, bidder was the worst man in the world. The farmer bro, who went to jail, who's in, currently in prison. Good. And is barred from working in healthcare anymore. Uh, fun fact about that album. I wonder it, what happened to that album after he went to jail. I think it was seized by the feds. I think the feds have it. That's really funny. That's amazing, right? Yeah. Um, it, it's in the contract for that album when they when Screlly bought it that uh, the Wu Tang Clan is about to, is allowed to steal it back in a heist as long as Bill Murray is with them. That's pretty good. That's yeah. so Wu Tang. I know, and obviously they wouldn't hold up in court. But like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. That, that's the thing. People, I feel like it. People don't realize that you can't just write illegal shit into contracts. It's it's not buying. If you write a hot tip for anybody out there, you if you sign a contract, even if you sign it, if something's illegal in it it doesn't hold up right yeah you can't break the law because you wrote it down yeah <laughs> so yeah you can't like heist things you know murray but, it, but funny. yeah yeah it's good good wu-tang bit so then like kanye's whole thing about this is that he's kind of trying to and it also because it's fucking kanye you never know how genuine he's being right but he was talking about how artists make so they get such a small percentage of their earnings that this is a way for him to kind of take back the the you know, take back the earnings from his album right. for his, himself. Yeah, his whole thing of like, yeah, like I'm not going to be controlled by Spotify, Apple Music, title, whatever. You yeah, know. it's kind of like how I mean, was it back in like 2008 when In Rainbows came out? Oh yeah, and it was like pay what you want. Yeah, and they end up making a ton of money on. That. Yeah, it's kind of kind of like that idea about how going on your own you can make more money sometimes if you're already huge. Right, if you are Radiohead. Yeah, and Radiohead has a very specific fan base that is very like has it's a very community. Yeah, you know, they all like kind of share like the hidden songs and stuff like God. that. What if Taylor Swift had an iPod? Would it work? Would if Taylor Swift came out with a stem? Oh, would like, it work? Oh, like would people buy it? If she was like, I'm only releasing my album on this like Swift pod. I think it would work. I don't think she would do that based on what kind of like the kind of relationship because she's very much. Like, well, yeah, she has a very like warm hearted relationship with her fans. Yeah, she's not actively antagonistic to everyone in the world like Kanye West. <laughs> right, exactly, and she's like I, I don't know, like whatever you think about Taylor Swift. I think like Kanye West is clearly like a bad guy and taylor swift is not a bad yeah, guy. yeah and it's tough because i love kanye's music but over the years he's just eroded my ability to defend him as a person at all i know and it's like there were like even moments like i mean i feel like pablo was the last time i kind of felt like defending because he was that album feels like all about the terror of fame yeah and that's kind of what he was going through right but then like is everything since that has been just fucking dumb well it's tough because then he also stopped making good music which was like the one reason that we kind of were able to be on his side yeah and like i mean like and he's obviously crossed i mean there's Supporting Trump is like one thing people got in this case about, but also he's like been harassing Kim apparently. Yeah. Uh, I'm not really keyed into the whole situation well, but it's very ugly. And I want to be clear we do not support Kanye West, the man. Uh, I do 
listened. I did listen to Daytona, the Pusha T album on the way over here that he produced, which is fucking great. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. a really, really good album. Uh, but again, Pusha T album, not a kind of album. Yeah. And I, I mean, I like Donda. I like, it's not, Donda I know you like Donda. I like Donda. Yeah. It's not a, it's not one of Kanye's best albums, but I think it's, yeah. it's solid. I didn't love it, but it is, it does raise the interesting question about how people are changing class, release strategies these days. And they're kind of going back and forth on things. You yeah. Know? And it's also just cause like uh, the, the way that artists make money has become so kind of calcified or it's just like, especially in music, it's really bad. Cause like on Spotify, because kind of the, the loss of actual album sales and on Spotify, you get like a penny per song player or something. It's like so a huge hit for only money. like yeah. Taylor Swift can make money off Spotify. Right. So that's why all these artists are just constantly touring and selling merch. Yeah. Um, which sucks. Cause you want artists to be able to, if, if it's more like you'll make money making art, more people will make art, and that's good. Yeah, and yeah. also, you know, some bands aren't touring bands. Like, right. There's some bands that are just, they're studio band. They work, they work well in the studio. They release an album. They just need that to work in that kind of controlled environment. They're and, not necessarily a giant act. And touring is hard as shit. <laughs> I mean, yeah. it's like, I, I mean, I don't know. It's, I, I, you should be able, able to make music. It would be nice if you could make music and make a living and not have to go through the rigors of touring. I know obviously a lot of musicians are very well compensated by it, but yeah. like it can I'm sure there's a lot of people who would rather just not. Yeah. But it's kind of the exact same thing we were talking about with how in movies and theaters they kind of the Marvel movies are the ones that can succeed. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of the same problem with just being a person now where it's like, yeah, it's easy to become rich when you're rich. Right. Exactly. I mean, and, you know, and there's this general uh, um, inequality of everything yeah. in the in the current society. I um, guess in all society. And, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Medieval Europe wasn't the best either. <laughs> um, but yeah, so like, it would, it, I don't know. I, I don't even know how you really disrupt uh, or adequately or correctly do music drops because music is so... It feels like albums don't have moments in the same way they used to. Yeah. I mean, so like one of the things you can talk about was like surprise album drops when like Beyonce did that. That was like oh lemonade. Yeah. Yeah. Oh she I think she um or more she had others too. I think her she had a self title before that. Well, I don't know. Uh, there are Beyonceologists out there who could uh, correct me. Mm-hmm. But the Beehive. The Beehive. The Beehive. Beehive. The Beehive. Beehive. I don't know. I don't know. Um, but yeah, so Beyonce obviously really let's say lemonade is like the most famous like surprise drop. Yeah. And I think that was a big thing for a while. Um. I don't know what other innovations there are. In, I mean, you know, beyond just like drop a single, drop a single, drop an album, or just yeah. like only do singles or like do a lot of tour or like release. It's like, all kind of the same. How do we fix the music industry? I don't know if we're going to do it here live. <laughs> yeah, certainly it's not releasing a $200 iPod that doesn't play songs right. Yeah, I don't think that's good for anybody. No. <laughs> um, but, I, you know, so we're, we're seeing this now in... Uh, um, well, a couple things in movies. The big one is, you know, HBO has been doing a lot of day and date stuff. Like right. HBO Max, Warner Brothers, a lot of them has had movies coming out either day and date, like movies, you know, like Dune came out in theaters and on HBO Max same day. Yeah, which I actually, I like that a lot just because I kind of, I'm less of a movies in theaters guy than right. you are. Yeah. I think I'm kind of an outlier amongst people who that love film, film people, that yeah. I don't, I often don't like the experience of seeing a movie in theater. My favorite movie theater watching experience is, being at an empty theater right like i saw paddington 2 by myself at 3 p.m and it was my favorite movie watching in a theater experience i think my i mean i do have a huge love of the theater experience whether i'm alone with with the the retirees at the landmark or it's like a big crowd that's really into it like Mm -hmm. you know when you saw police story at the arrow jackie chan movie the crowd was super into it they were laughing at the right moments yeah when you saw fast furious 9 at city walk Bad crowd laughing at the wrong thing. I will say it's kind of like it's kind of like seeing 
music at a festival versus seeing music at like an actual show, show for, for that band yeah. where it's like if you're at a festival it, you got all the people that just kind of came there for the headline act or just because it's like a cool thing to be at Coachella so they're not really on board with the actual thing they're watching right. before that and if you go to a small show at the El Rey everyone's on board they know the songs they know what they're there for exactly which and is kind of like what going to New Beverly versus you know an AMC is like right I mean yeah I mean it got to like I mean when we saw Uncharted at the uh, uh, at the AMC like not a good if that was a movie I actually gave a shit about like like if that was like a great piece of cinema I would have lost my everyone's on their phone everyone's there was right, one child who was super into it who was constantly talking throughout the whole thing I yeah. love that that was very fun <laughs> but that was fine because it's uncharted and that's like a little like uncharted is not like I mean it was fun it's yeah. light it's like it's like I, if someone talks and I get out of the movie a little bit that's fine if I'm seeing you know like pig. If someone was talking all the way through Pig, I'd be I would be oh, bummed. Yeah, but I think because like Pig's not meant for children, Uncharted is for children. Yeah, I mean you'd be surprised how many children sometimes walk into these like grown up movies. Yeah, but um, I arguably made me into the person I am. <laughs> oh, so one of the other reasons that I like the move, movie oh. theater strategies yeah. is I, there's this fear that movies are kind of getting lost on if they just get bought and dumped onto streaming because because they're so algorithm based, it's hard to break out of just certain things. You end up these little tunnels. So, but some movies get lost in theaters. Oh, too. that's true. But it, I, and I don't know that this is a hundred percent just. If we lose theaters, we lose finding movies. Yeah. Um, Martin Scorsese wrote a very good article in um, a magazine, Harper's maybe, uh, just about curation versus algorithms. Right. About how like one thing I liked about the Criterion Channel is that it was personally curated of the people who run the channels suggesting certain movies yeah trying to get you to find new things whereas algorithm based is very focused or getting you to watch just a few things yeah and or getting you to watch things that are already like what you like right like apparently uh jean-pierre genet uh a french filmmaker i really really like he did amelie and mm-hmm. okay yeah he has a new movie out oh it's on netflix huh this is my thing. My algorithm should have told me that. Yeah, Netflix specifically bury is just a burying machine. Yeah, which is a shame because I think they actually are buying and creating very good movies and TV. And they're giving money to a lot of people to make stuff, and yeah. they're not showing it to anybody. It's right. weird, and it's like so. That's sort of one of the reasons why, if we come hundred percent lose the movie experience, which I know no one is suggesting, but a movie's catching on and having kind of an organic groundswell is a way for them to break through the bubbles a yeah. little bit. And it's not the only way, but it's it's something that I, you know, I very am worried about the loss of the thing I love, which is movies. Yeah. Um, on that note, I don't know. <laughs> TV. Well, we're going to talk about the Oscars. <laughs> oh, I, well, um, uh, I guess one more note on the release strategies. Oh, the weekly versus all at once? Right, for TV. Um, right. Which is, I think, you know. When, yeah, because. Yeah, go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, because the all at once drops. For TV, yeah, they're kind of going away. You also, we also, you kind of, I, I find those kind of hard to. It's hard to have like a communal moment with a TV right. show when it just all comes out at once because you're not all watching at the same time. Right, it just it drops that weekend. Everyone's talking about it. Who pinches it? But if you just watch four episodes and then like I don't know, you go to a party a week later. Like, do you guys watch it? Yeah, I watch one. I watch three. You know, yeah. Like, it's, it, you're, I think some uh, uh, platforms are pivoting to more weekly stuff now. Yeah, uh, which I like. Yeah, like Miss Maisel went from dropping all at once to um, that's the marvelous Miss Maisel. Yeah, by the way, um, they're doing two every week now to try that, and build a little bit of excitement week to week. That is interesting to pivot to that because I haven't really heard of that happening much else. Yeah, and I think because I think people saw Yellow Jackets was able to find an audience by yeah. doing week to week. Yellow Jackets is great, by the way. I, 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 I think I already recommended it on another yeah, episode. You can do it again. Yeah, um, and Netflix is now doing a thing where some of their shows will do like half seasons. So like. Hmm. Um, Stranger Things is doing their season, but like instead of like 
they'll do like a half season and a few months later the new one. So like Stranger Things, when it comes mm-hmm. out in a few months, is going to be half a season and then another one like a month later. I mean, right? I guess that's like mathematically right. kind of the same thing because like four episodes would be about a month and then another four episodes is about another month. It doesn't. I don't. Feels I think weird. It's, it's a half measure. I think if if I'm yeah. remembering the article correctly. Um, yeah, I, I think the week to week is really under, I mean, I love being able to binge shows that I love. I mean, I'm waiting on the finale of love is blind on Thursday yeah. and I'm like, I want to see if, if love is blind. Yeah. Or even, I mean, the also maybe a weird idea. What if you just did one episode per day for a week? That would be a different thing that I've never seen before. That could be interesting. Oh yeah. I mean, the only time I've seen that is like in treatment, which is sort of a different, you know, it's like a different patient every week Yeah, or every day over the week. Yeah. Um, that would be good. I mean, yeah, I mean, like, soap, soap operas do that, but that's yeah. a whole different thing. So you were still gradually building the buzz, but like, but you know, over a week instead of, yeah. Cause I think maybe, maybe part of the reason Netflix does this, they have so much content. Yeah. They don't want, you know, a whole month to be the stranger things moment because they're dropping fucking too hot to handle and queer eye. And, yeah. uh, and also, I guess stuff. there there is it's the, I guess there is also the danger of losing listeners in yeah. the week to week because you can build up you can build up anticipation, but then some people because I mean this happens to me every time I've like when I was watching Grey's Anatomy, I was catching up with like all the seasons, and then when I finally got it to week to week, I didn't care about Grey's Anatomy enough to like remember to watch it every week. It's, it's frustrating, kind of. yeah. So yeah. then I fall out of sync with it, and I just didn't stop watching it. So I guess that's that is the downside. Yeah. I will. I mean, yeah, it, it's the convenience and I, I understand why they're not. But like, I do think there's something really fun about like, like I don't know, maybe I'm just getting old, but that summer when the finale of Breaking Bad was oh, airing, yeah. like the actual last episodes and every week, everyone was getting excited and talking about it for a full week and sharing theories. Yeah, it was cool shit. And, you know, I think we talked about it in another episode, but Game of Thrones. Same thing. Like the watching parties we used to have as a big thing. Yeah. And it was nice. Yeah. Uh, Oscars. Sure. I think you have more. To, I think I I shouldn't respond with just sure every time I have a new <laughs> thing. The Oscars are particularly something I have very little to say about. What, what, what are we what are we doing? Uh, yeah. So yeah, the Oscars something I'm super passionate about. Um, I acknowledge they're silly. Oh um, no, yeah. I'm just yeah. I I just like I guess I didn't grow up being an Oscars person. I don't know. I mean, watching the Oscars and like reading about Oscar history was part of the things I used like get into movies. Yeah. Um, and I'll be the first to acknowledge the Oscars of like you know there's. Why didn't they award this movie to that movie in the year? And there's some head-scratching picks. I still think, like, if you look, a lot of Oscar-winning performances are very good, even if there was a better one that year. A lot of Oscar-winning movies are very yeah. good. And I think people get a little fixated on which movies deserve to get the Oscar more than the others. And they kind of act like the Oscars are... A like thing, the, a man. Yeah, or a, a, it's Oscar. Yeah, <laughs> the Oscars are a person who is, like, being vindictive when it's really just a collective group of people that are voting in a... Right, there's nine thousand current yeah. members. It was usually hovered around five to six until they expanded. Uh, I think five six years ago. Yeah, because um, it's also like I don't know. It's like it's an industry. Award. It's like judging all of America based on who the president is. I mean, yeah. half those people didn't like the president. Yeah, I don't know. And you see the thing of like you know, okay, like this year they gave it to the movie I like, but then the other year they didn't, and it's just sort of like it's the same people. Yeah, like the people who gave Green Book Best Picture also gave Parasite Best Picture. Yeah, like it's. It depends year to year. There's obviously politics involved because uh, they vote on things and people voting on things yeah, is literal politics. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I get defensive at the Oscars that they people don't really understand what they are, but I also understand there's there's so much pop and circumstance that they're easy to make fun of. Yeah, for sure. Um, but the things that are going on now at the Oscars, um, 
let's talk about the hosts, actually, before we get into all the crazy oh, stuff. Oh, yeah. So they're bringing back hosts, which is... For the is, first time in a couple of years. Yeah. And so the first time we lost a host was because of Kevin Hart got getting ousted, right? Right. He was signed on, and um, apparently he had made uh, some homophobic jokes in the past. Right. Um, and I mean, I'm, I'm, I do not remember the exact situation. I think he felt kind of frustrated that he was still apologizing for them and didn't yeah. want to do it again. Or maybe he did, but it wasn't. Regardless, One way or another, he he stuck his he step left up. as the host. He stopped He wasn't going to be the host. Right. And then they kind of just did host list. And it was, I actually liked it a lot. I agree. I think it, it had a lot of energy to it at first. Yeah. I think last year's Oscars was particularly poorly produced by Steven Soderbergh, who was a genius. Oh, yeah. That was a weird one. Yeah. but And you know what? They were trying to do. There was COVID. Also COVID. They were trying to do something. I didn't love it, but like. I don't know. I, Steven Soderbergh is still a god. Yeah. I mean, I love Steven Soderbergh. He was definitely making choices. They were kind of <laughs> weird. But it is kind of hard when half the people are zooming in. Like, what are you going to do? Yeah. And it, and it is what it is. But they're bringing the host back. Right. Um, and there's three hosts. They're going to do it. Oh, and this is the weird part. They're not all up on stage at the same time. Right. They're doing... Oh, it's like every, a tag team? Every hour is a new host. Interesting. I mean, at least if you don't like one, they're going to be gone in an hour. Right. I mean, it's... It's a it's a it's a gimmick, but whatever. You yeah. know, I don't think, I don't hate, it, but like, it does sort of speak to this part. I think it feels like the academy is kind of running through gimmicks a lot right now to get attention, <laughs> and we'll get to the Twitter thing. They're like panicking that people are mad at them, right? Exactly, and it's like I I think there's plenty to be mad at the Oscars about. I think the Oscars so white stuff was like correct, and yeah. and uh, you know, obviously the Oscars are responding to what the industry has given them, but that led to the industry making more s- stories about minorities, which are now winning Oscars. Yeah, so, true. Yeah, because I mean, part of the Oscars so white thing is just that. There's there it is like a symptom of the greater problem. There's not enough movies by non-white people. Right. So the year that Oscars So White was an issue, there was I think Selma was nominated for Best Picture, but not a lot else. And like Beast of No Nation was not nominated for Best Supporting Actor for Idris because it was the it was this Netflix stream movie. And like mm-hmm. if all all you got is Selma and Beast of No Nation, like I mean it's shit happens sometimes you miss at the Oscars and you need more you should be more than two movies starring black people. In yeah, year. exactly. Like, <laughs> you know, you shouldn't have to like Selma in order to support non-white people. Like, right. So, but I do like Selma. Selma's a good yeah. movie. Uh, but you know, I know yeah. the other broader point is that there should be. It shouldn't all be on Selma. Yeah, <laughs> Selma should get to be Selma. Because what there, if Selma was bad? That would be disastrous. There should be like five Selmas in a year because yeah. movies are hard to make and sometimes they're bad. Yeah. Um, so the Oscars being kind of confused and defensive right now, but the hosts they happen to pick are. Uh, um, are Wanda Sykes, Regina Hall, and Amy Schumer. I mean, I like Wanda okay. Sykes and I like Amy Schumer. So yeah. I like Regina Hall. I don't, yeah, I just don't. Just, I don't have a lot of thought. Like, she's an actress. She's yeah, not so much of a. Uh, I don't think she's much of a stand-up comedian. Yeah, I'm curious what she'll be like as a host because I feel like comedians. I mean, who's your favorite Oscar host? I don't think I've ever asked you. Um, I honestly, I have a lot of love for the Billy Crystal years because I grew up. But they're also yeah. the thing. The Crystal years was they weren't trying to convince you of anything because they had done it so many times yeah because he did like seven times in More a row that. yeah because yeah. I re- he was basically the oscar host for a, my entire childhood yeah and his whole thing was like if when they keep changing the host every time the host has to kind of like insist on like why they're there it's, right. it's like doing a pilot episode every yeah. time but with billy it was just like it's me i'm billy i'm doing yeah. a song i'm doing yeah. a montage all yeah. right here's here's a joke about bob hope you know <laughs> <laughs> He used to do that montage thing where you do the montage of him putting his face in all the movies, which is great. Yeah, it was a good bit. Yeah, we should just do that every time. I, I know that was that's they got to bring that back. It's yeah. it's dumb, but just do it. Yeah, it was just good. Do the it was funny. And um, uh, Hugh Jackman, the oh, one Hugh the Jackman one written by Dan Harmon, the Jack- one that the Oscar that won an Emmy. Right, <laughs> Hugh Jackman was good. Yeah. Um, you know, I've heard like The Rock has been bandied about as a possible host. I think he's way too famous now, but The Rock oh. five years ago probably could have done it. Yeah. 
I don't. He is in a lot of comedies, but he's not a comedian. I think a lot of the the rumors are a lot of people turned it down this year. Yeah. Um, and which is not to say that uh, Schumer, Sykes, and Hall aren't very talented. They are. Yeah. Um, but I think it sort of has this because the last time someone tried it was Kevin uh, Hart. I think there's maybe this vibe that it's a kind of a tough gig. Oh, or that maybe people start gunning for you once you get it. Right. You don't want to be in the crosshairs. Right. Um. So, I mean, I don't know what true that is about who's turning it down. I think. I think Amy Schumer's super funny. Yeah, I think she's funny. I think there are a lot of kind of Amy Schumer's Amy Schumer haters oh, out there. For sure, yeah. In a weird, in a way that it, seems outsized absolutely. compared to yeah. what she is as a comedian in person. She yeah. seems fine. I wanted to bring back the show. Amy inside Amy Schumer was it was great. One of the funnier. I feel like that yeah. and Kroll show were like a great period in and Comedy Central. Keen Peel overlaps a little yeah, bit. Yeah, Keen Peel, yeah. Because it used to be that Comedy Central's whole thing was just they'll find it'll just find a comedian and give them a show and it works, it works, and it doesn't, it doesn't. They just do that with every new up and coming comedian. Right. They just go down the comedy store and just be like, hey, you want like a very, very like uh, cheaply produced TV show? And they're like, yeah, sure. We'll see. What yeah. Show. And then we got like three good ones and like 40 bad ones. <laughs> right. You don't like remember like the 17 shows that Jeff Ross had on Comedy like the, Central. Yeah. Like the Jessel Nick Offensive, which wasn't that bad. I mean, <laughs> was, I like that one. It was kind of a different thing. I know. They didn't break, but they didn't break through like, you know, like Judge Lewis Black uh, yeah. was, was like funny, but they didn't break through like, like Kroll Show, like, like Insane Machine especially did. Yeah. But I just think like, I appreciate their strategy of just trying a lot of stuff. That's nice. Yeah. And I guess my worry with these hosts is, uh, we Wanda's the only one who I think is like just a natural fit. Yeah, uh, for I, I, as an Oscar host, she's bulletproof. She's gonna be good. Yeah, she's also just very very funny. Yeah, and she's for kind of she's not from the same era as Billy Crystal, but like she is uh, like from the nineties, so she can. Yeah. I, I think she'd be able to just do like a very like by the books, just funny, entertaining set. Yeah. Whereas you know Amy Schumer, obviously her best material is the much sharper stuff. Yeah. Which might be hard to pull off in a yeah, hosting setting. You might kind of have to sand off the edges on Amy Schumer bits to make her an Oscar person. Right. It'd be like, yeah, it's like you can't have <laughs> Lenny Bruce host the Oscars. Just what the hell is he gonna do? <laughs> exactly. I don't know why I went with Lenny Bruce. But yeah, Lenny Bruce material for now is quite tame. <laughs> I don't know if you yeah. ever listened to Lenny Bruce album. No, I haven't. <laughs> I have. They're, they're, they're very tame. I guess I guess Anthony Jeselnik would have been the better one. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Ali Wong is another one who's like very, very raunchy right now. But yeah. Like probably would have to very much tone things down. Yeah. Uh, her new special is very good, by the way. She's oh. not pregnant this time. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> the other two she's pregnant. I know. Okay. Yeah, I've seen the billboards for it. Yeah. Um, and then uh, Regina Hall, I guess, is kind of a question mark because I obviously I think she's very funny in the movie she's in, but I don't know yeah. enough of her to know if that's a. We'll see if that's from her, if that's from her being a good actor with good writers. Yeah, um, and the Oscars. I mean, it looks like they're of, among the other gimmicks they're doing is this Twitter Oscars. Oh yeah, yeah. Which um, they they always kind of bandy about the idea, or no, maybe not always. They did one, one time they thought about the idea of having a popular Oscar, right. and half the people liked it, half the people revolted. Right. It was like well, there should be a movie for the best popcorn movie. And yeah, uh, and we were like, that's the box office. Yeah, and apparently, like, they were ridiculed, and the there apparently there was a revolt from within the academy of like members writing in saying like, don't you dare do this. I could see that. Yeah, um, which is fair. I mean, if you're if you if your thing is we reward excellence in film, and yeah. that is our job, you know, you shouldn't make this extra category for movies that don't, like like the whole point is that they're not trying to reward those movies right and you have stuff like best documentary best foreign film best animated film which you know are creating little categories for things that could compete in other things yeah but those are very distinct things those are also kind of they're genres, genres not just a i guess popcorn movie is a genre but like what's the line because like avatar was nominated for best picture black panther was nominated for best picture yeah 
you know, they could have competed. Dune is nominated this year, and that's a big budget movie. Yeah, exactly. Um, I I don't know the pop. I I do, and also <laughs> the the popular like the test the 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 best the like most popular movie award is a mil- billion dollars. Right, you get a billion dollars. <laughs> yeah. Why is that not enough for you? Yeah, buy an Oscar. Um, and movies that. Uh, I, I don't know. I get very annoyed about this. I do understand the complaint that, like, you know, why... I sort of understand the complaint, like, the Oscars, you know, don't, only nominate movies I haven't seen before. But a lot of these movies, like, it's tough this year, but, like, I mean, like I said, Black Panther made a billion dollars. So, like, in, like, 2019, 1917, there's over $100 million grosser. Yeah. Um, you could just see the movies. Yeah. <laughs> yeah just, just pay more attention to movies. Yeah, and, like I said, like... I think Dark Knight was, you know, the beginning of them expanding the best picture field. It yeah. would have been nominated for best picture in the current landscape, I think. You know, like yeah. Spider-Man didn't get nominated this year is the big complaint uh by a lot of the people advocating for this. Mm-hmm. Um I haven't seen it, so I don't know if it's like a It's good. Yeah, but it's not like highbrow. I would say no. I think I think there's very emotional good moments in it. Yeah. I think uh if I it mean, was like any good movie. Yeah. I think if it was nominated for Best Picture, I wouldn't have been like, is it a travesty? It would have been more like, yeah, okay, that's fine. I see it could be it could it wouldn't make probably wouldn't win. No. Yeah. Um and also I think, you know, it, they started their campaign super late. They didn't get on the Academy streaming service till late, things like that. Yeah. They were trying to hide all the spoilers that are in Spider Man. Oh. <laughs> right. Yeah. Which everyone knew. Yeah. <laughs> um anyway, so there's this now they're doing this thing on Twitter where you can p- make Twitter posts with hashtags and vote for your favorite fan favorite movie, which will be read aloud on the broadcast. They're not getting an Oscar. They're not being given a trophy. No, they're just being they're mentioned on say. the Oscar. And that seems like a good middle ground. I don't know. It seems very silly. I, I mean, don't, yeah, I don't just, know the point of it, but I don't know the harm of it either. And also, you don't want to ask the internet what to do. Oh, yeah, because then yeah, that, that's famously how Pitbull got sent to Alaska, <laughs> how he got a boat named Bodie McBoatface. Taylor Swift got sent to reformative school for the deaf once. Yeah, that's um, very funny. Wait, uh, yeah, so tell us what the, what the, what's what happening? The, what the front runner is. Right, so the front, run, so the front runner was Zack Snyder's Justice League of because course. he has some fans. Oh, yeah. And uh, it is not eligible for any Oscars because uh, it is... No, uh, no movie that is recuts of old movies are not eligible for new Oscars. Which is funny because it's not going to get an Oscar if it wins anyway. Right. So that they that, still say that rule is eligible. kind of arbitrary. <laughs> but they, the new front runner is uh, the Amazon Cinderella movie starring Camila Cabello, Camila Cabello and Billy Porter, uh, which I've heard is not very good. <laughs> is the thing, and I have not and seen that's it. What you get, but it is kind of. Very well, funny that Spider Man is not the one that's going to be front runner. It was Spider Man for a while, and I think what is happening. I'm on Twitter too much, but apparently not enough to know what's happening. <laughs> uh, there seems to be an uneasy alliance between people who think it would be funny to force the Oscars to read out Cinderella is your fan favorite instead of Spider Man, because it very feels like this whole thing was invented to be able to include Spider Man, right? And people who are just fans of Camila Cabello, the singer, and who have been mobilized to vote for her on Twitter and genuinely enjoyed Cinderella because they're teenage girls. Oh, my God. I love I love how reli- hard and how reliably these Twitter polls backfire every single time it happens. And, you know, look, it, it, it's not the end of the world. They read Cinderella. Sure. But, like, look, for for you tried to game the system, Academy. You tried to say, like, oh, we should have nominated this other movie instead of trusting your your uh, uh, membership to yeah. do their jobs. Yeah. And you get a little bit fucked by it. And you know what? That's really funny. And you know what? At least, because w- 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 like the category is just like 
movie that got hashtag the most right it's like oscar fan favorite that's like an empirical thing Uh, it's not like they're saying best popular movie but we're going to decide it with hashtags it's just they're asking saying what What movie had the most hashtags and you know what that's the one like yeah you can't argue with it exactly and you know what i think it's especially funny because not a lot of people are as obsessively plugged into the academy news like i am and like these twitter people are i think a lot of people who are going to tune to the oscars are just going to be uh, people who just sort of like, oh, the Oscars on, I'll check that out. And they're going to tune in, not knowing any of this shit's going on. Yeah. And fucking, I don't know, probably Zendaya or just some famous Tom Hall, like some Chris, some jacked white Chris yeah. is going to have to stand there and read that Cinderella didn't win an Oscar, but we're reading it out like it did, did win an Oscar. And some poor middle-aged couple in like Des Moines is just going to be like, what I will I will kind of enjoy if this just becomes the function of this section every year is that the the internet just finds a way to fuck with the Oscars and that's just like traditionally what it is like yeah it's like yeah whatever like teeth somebody like teeth two gets nominated like it's just every year the internet just fucks with the Oscars in a little moment it's fun well one of the other movies that's like in the top three is this small independent film called Minimata starring Johnny Depp just because there's fans of Johnny Depp on the internet who are like, let's get Johnny to the Oscars, baby. I mean, I, I'm kind of, you're, you're talking me, me into being on board with this. I'm kind of, I'm kind of liking it. Yeah. I mean, like the big, the broader issue of are the Oscars nominating too niche, I think is not impossible to say now because the whole box office was deflated this past year. Yeah. And I think a lot of these movies would have been bigger hits. Uh, and I think it's probably just largely an issue with the fact that Marvel is so dominant that like when people say popular movies in using quote marks, they mean Marvel movies and not a lot of Marvel movies are going to end up in Oscar contention because they try have such a controlled zone of what they do. Yeah. Um, and God damn it. It would have been nice to see Zack Snyder's Justice League at the Oscars because it's a, <laughs> it's a good movie. <laughs> I will, I'll take your word for it. Um, I, I think we're, I think I think we're, we're good. good. Any Rex? We're good. Should My we do, Rex. Let's oh, yeah. So the other, I guess the housekeeping thing is that we're going to move the uh, Rex segment to these interstitial episodes because it kind of feels like it fits. Yeah. I think it makes more sense. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. My Rex is Why the Last Man. It is yeah. a comic book uh, limited series. So, like, you know, a, a series of graphic novels, how you would read it now. Um, about. Uh, why? About why. About uh, a man named York, who was the last man on Earth, but they're, all the women are still alive. Basically, a virus kills all the men, except for him, and he's a world... And, and a monkey. And a monkey. The monkey's male as well? Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah the monkey ampersand. Yeah, yeah. cute. Yeah, cute, cute monkey. Yeah, I uh, saw the first episode. It was kind of fun. Of the show. Of the show. I haven't read the comic. Yeah. I have not seen the show, but I love... I've, re- I've read the comic like a million times. Um, just highly recommend it. It's like a really fun like uh, road trip. You know, like he he teams up with these these two women. They're trying to solve the mystery. They go place to place. It's very like crackerjack, like dialogue entertaining, but also like has a lot of really interesting things to say about about gender, obviously, but also just about like relationships and love and companionship and just like family. I don't know. It's just like a very very smart and good comic book that uh, whether or not you like the show, I think it's worth going out and checking out. I think. Um, uh, you know, something I think very fondly of. So yeah, I've heard I've heard a lot of people recommend it. I got to check it out at some point. And mm-hmm. actually, my rec this week is also a comic. It's Black Hole by Charles Burns. Mm-hmm. It's uh, it's set in the seventies. It's about a bunch. Of, it's in this world. Um, there's this STD that goes around that gives these teenagers these like crazy deformities, and they yeah. kind of go off and live in the woods together. And it's kind of there's a lot of in, also a lot of interesting stuff about gender and sexuality, sexuality, and kind of counterculture in the seventies. Yeah, and it's just. Really well written, really beautifully drawn. He has this great drawing style that's kind of it's black and white and it's kind of got this just an he has an interesting way of shading. You kind of just oh, have yeah. to see it. Oh yeah. But um it's he's great. really good. And it's it's one of those comics that 
I've always thought it would be a great TV show. Yeah. Apparently the rights are tied up somewhere. Uh, Fincher was developing it. David Fincher was developing it as a movie for a long time. And it, I think he got very close a couple of times, but ended up never, I think it ended up just never quite coalescing. I mean, sometimes projects, yeah. funding here, actor there, you never know. Yeah. And it's sad when it kind of, sometimes it, it drags a pro, it drags a good property and a development hell with it. And it's yeah. not anybody's fault. It just happened. Or m- maybe it's somebody's fault, but yeah. sometimes that shit just happens, you know? <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, yeah. Black, Black Hole's great. Yeah. Uh, uh, it's part of like a run of graphic novels I read and I was like discovering they existed. Yeah, uh, and I think I read it in a class for college. Yeah, I think I don't know if it's definitely like in the pantheon of like classic, mm-hmm. uh, like non superhero comics. Yeah, um, and, and Charles, yeah. Charles Burns is really good. I mm-hmm. mean, I don't know if I'll do it for a rec for another time. She'll say it. It's there's one called X'd Out that he has that's very good. Oh, check it out. Yeah, um, yeah, Black Hole's great, really interesting, really weird. Um, yeah, I don't know. All right. Uh, that's all we've got. I thought this was fun. What do you think? Yeah, I think we'll I think we'll keep on doing it. Yeah, I think it's good. And again, yeah, just it's watch two movies a week with stuff. Yeah, <laughs> just <laughs> we're we're working on it. So if you thought this was fun, if you have any thoughts, we dropped a lot of hot takes this episode. Yeah. Uh, if you have if you any of them enraged you, rate, review, and subscribe, and yep. also just let us know on social media. Yeah, follow Pop- us on uh, Instagram. Follow us on Facebook. We're uh, HBLB Podcast on both. Yeah, let us know what we got wrong, and we will bring it up on the show if we see it. Yeah. I Actually, we can we can start doing a viewer mailbag if we actually get people writing in. That'd be fun. If an, literally anybody writes in, we will respond to you on this podcast because you will probably be the only person who has done it. If you be, if you message us with any questions at all, we will answer here. Yeah, uh, as long as they're not like weird. Yeah, know. even if they're weird. <laughs> yeah, weird questions only. Yeah. and go, normal questions, all questions. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, alrighty. Bye, Bye forever. forever.